Yes, here we are, another episode of Behind the Human. I am your host, Mark Champagne, and it's my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. If you're enjoying the show, drop a review wherever you're listening, and please share out on the socials. It makes a huge difference. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. All right, today I'm speaking with Jason and Caroline Zook, and I really, you know, normally I write up my own intros for these, but I really can't beat their own bio, so I'm going to jump right into their own words here. We are a creative, we are creative business owners, best friends, and oh yeah, as of March 2017, we're also married, or whatever. I love you guys. Since we got together in 2010, we've made things in a slew of different ways, both together and apart. Caroline was first employed by Jason's crazy t-shirt marketing company, getting her first taste of work from home life, aka wearing a robe to work. After that, we had separate business for years. Caroline created Made Vibrant, which started off as a client business doing brand design and transitioned into a digital product business. Jason got even weirder by selling his last name, writing a fully sponsored book, and then selling his future. That was wild. I do remember those emails. <laughs> now we've teamed up again to create Wandering Aimfully, an unboring coach program that embodies what we hope to bring to the world. We want to encourage more people to create meaningful work they love, earn a good living doing it, and live a life that feels successful on their terms, not the terms laid out by society. So welcome to the show officially on the podcast, but both of you are returning guests from just the interview um, world that started, I guess, a couple years ago. So welcome back, round two. Thanks for having us. Thank, and thank, thank you. you for reading our words back to us. Wow, that's a real treat. <laughs> We did a great job. I yeah, feel like it's summed I mean, us up. Yeah, it. it's fine. It's fine. I mean, I think it's pretty good. It's uh, like I said, I mean, normally I'll write them up, but the, these are great. And the reason I like it just, and, and the reason I wanted to use it to start the show off is because, you know, I, I'm on your emails. I, you know, and it's, it's, it's really, it's you guys. Like, you know, it's really to the T. There's humor, there's seriousness, there's value. And, and that's just you guys. And, you know, I'm excited to chat because before the last time we, we had an interview like this, uh, like I said, they were independent, but you guys were still um, on your own tracks, like you hadn't combined the businesses. So here we are, things are combined. What's happened? <laughs> How's it going? What hasn't happened, Mark? Yeah, uh, that's, that's just there's just so much stuff. I mean, I think the biggest thing is since we last talked, I, through many late afternoon walks, finally convinced Caroline to combine our businesses together after many, many, many chats about it. And I don't know if ultimately she regrets that decision. <laughs> no. uh, but yeah, we, we basically brought my business, Jason Does Stuff, her business made vibrant, and mashed them together into Wandering Aimfully, as you just mentioned in the bio. And the entire idea for me was to have this bigger thing that we were doing. And, and the ethos of Wandering Aimfully is that, yeah, we're experimenting and we really believe in that, but also we do have a, a purpose and we do have a direction we want to go. So it's not just like we're wandering aimlessly. We do have a thing that we want to do. And, and that thing has really just become trying to help creative business owners navigate the murky waters of working for yourself or trying to work for yourself uh, through digital products, through creating your own thing and whatever that thing is. And then just trying to give both of our sides of how we think 
to that entity, to Wandering Ainsley. So I'm very practical. Caroline is very thoughtful. Uh, and, and I think that's a really good blend. And that's kind of what I saw before we chatted last time and, and what has evolved. Yeah. And I think part of it too was, well, two things. How he convinced me was basically saying, listen, we both are very passionate about what we're doing individually, but we found that there was this tremendous overlap in the type of person that we were attracting. And so people would come to Jason, um, Jason's email list, and then they would find my work or they would come to my work and eventually find Jason. And they always commented on how, you know, they, they loved Jason's kind of humor and directness and honesty. And then my more kind of soulful, thoughtful, mindful perspective on things they they kept saying that over and over again and we thought okay rather than kind of sending our efforts in two different directions what would happen if we sent them towards the same direction and could we create something that was kind of greater than the sum of our parts Um, and so eventually I thought okay that makes a lot of sense and I always joke that you know spending 93 percent of our time together was not enough we had to move it up to like 98 percent of our time together that was what are you doing the other two percent get closer yeah but only for two percent so it's not very long <laughs> and then also just a note on what jason said about wandering aimfully but we really wanted to carve out a space where we could talk about um growing your own online business but not in a way of just trying to grow for growth's sake and trying to like create all this money and you know have six figures a month and all of this like I think a lot of people are out there doing that and that's great for a certain type of person who wants that for their life. But our quest is for balance and it's about navigating, you know, we're not the same people that we were a year ago or two years ago. And so we really mold our business to match up with who that updated version of of us individually and us as a couple is. And we wanted to be a voice for people who wanted to do that as well. So that's a lot of what Wandering Ainsley is as well. It's just kind of a different perspective on running a business and prioritizing life um, as well. I love it. And well said. It's definitely, uh, there's there's a lot in there actually that I, I definitely want to cover. But, but before getting into all of that, um, I'd love to just know when you're going through that combination or that that process, like what type of questions were you two asking each other? I mean, you were, you're joking obviously about spending uh, more time together, but I mean, that that is a real thing right was there any oh shit this may actually you know this has the potential to blow us up as well or like how did you process that I'll probably take that because I had most of the objections (laughs) (laughs) never actually it was never actually coming from a place of like oh this has like working together is going to be a problem because we had so much experience working together before. So we actually kind of started our relationship. You know, we've been together almost 10 years now. We started our relationship working together. Jason had a um, social media marketing, basically an influencer business before that was a thing where he wore t-shirts for companies and promoted them on social media. And I left my advertising agency job to work for him. And so we had this history of working, I I had a history of working for him. And then when I opened my own design studio, he was like tremendously helpful and basically like a mentor of getting that started. And so we had navigated all of these waters of communication and fights and how to fight well and like all these things. And so it was never a thought in my head of, you know, is this going to be bad for us? But I had so much fear around losing my personal identity and and creative control that I had built up with Made Vibrant. And to go back to your question, one of the big questions that we actually asked or, or Jason would kind of bounce back to me as a means of moving forward was like, 
what do we, what do we do if it doesn't work out? Like, as long as we have that plan, he was like, we can always just separate them again. We're if, still on the domains. If we don't like it, we can just separate them again. What's, you know, and so I think actually asking the question of what will we do if this doesn't work out actually really silenced a lot of my fears because it was like, oh, okay, like I've got a backup plan. Like this is again, just an experiment in life. This is a direction that we want to head in, but it, nothing is permanent. We can always evolve in the future as well. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that I think we saw very early on with Wandering Aimfully is this was really the first thing that we worked on where we were 100% equal partners, which sounds weird because you'd be 50-50 equal partners. But I think you know what that means, where <laughs> it's we're both working on this toward this goal. And it's not where I started the company, Caroline works for me, or Caroline starts her company, and I'm maybe mentoring her or helping her. It's no, we're both working on this thing together. Okay, what does that look like? And and I think what we really learned early on in that is is defining roles and there's going to be some overlap for sure, but Caroline is so much the design and the vision and the figuring out kind of what it's going to feel like the brand, all of those things. And I basically just said like, Hey, I want you to like, go for it. Just whatever you want to do, let's just do that. But also know that I do have a good eye for these things as well. And I'll bring my own experience and my own thoughts to it. And let's not just go, you know, what you say is, is all we're going to do. It's what you say is the great starting point. Now let's kind of work on it together. And you do ruffle some feathers in that process. I mean, I know, I remember many uh, Adobe XD files that we were looking at <laughs> and we, you know, Caroline had spent all this time on things and then I would come to and be like, oh, that looks off. And she's like, great. Do you want to maybe tell me like I did a good job on like the 19 hours I worked on this before we <laughs> start critiquing like, yeah, the, <laughs> the uh, size of the stroke on the circle that I used. And it's it, so it's all of those things that we had to figure out. But yeah, we just really kept coming back to um, this idea that we're better together, that we had this whole thing we wanted to build. And we were basically already doing this just, you know, seven feet, seven feet apart with different businesses. And now it was, well, let's just do it one business, maybe sit a little bit closer together and just figure out how to navigate through working on all those things and answering all those questions and, and working through the hurdles of everything. It sounds like... Um that it just felt right, right, to move to this this next step. But at the same time, what I'm hearing in, in both of your responses is that, you know, you did take the time to to think about, you know, obviously if, if it doesn't work out, um, what does that look like? But then I think even even more importantly, and in a question that a lot of people don't ask is like, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. And if to your point, Jason, I mean, you still you can still separate the, the companies, yeah. for example, right? That's actually the question I asked myself when, uh, before leaving my corporate job to to co-found Keo, is like, what's the worst that can happen? I could go back to this mm -hmm. world and, you know, the the whole nine yards. No, I'm not going back to that world as since <laughs> the app has shut down. But I think you know the the point I'm trying to make is that usually the narratives that we have running in our minds are are way you know blown out of proportion in terms yeah. of the actual reality, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think you also, you know, we talk about values a lot and making decisions based on our values a lot. Um, but that's always like a really good gut check. And something that I know about us as like a couple is that we, and really just us as entrepreneurs, we always love the next challenge. We love figuring out the next puzzle. And we were at a place with both of our individual businesses where we were a couple years in and we had evolved our, you know, each business on its own, but it kind of felt like it was hitting this stagnation to a point. 
And so the equal, there was equal parts like fear of the unknown of combining. But I remember when I was kind of doing my own introspection, because again, I was the one with a lot of the hangups. Jason's usually like leap first, think later. And I'm like, think a lot first and maybe I'll leap later. Um, and I'm doing all this reflection and I'm thinking to myself, oh, this is so scary. Like it's so unknown. And then I was like, well, hold on. I know I'm someone who tremendously values personal growth and a new challenge and that type of thing invigorates me. And so I was like, the very fact that this is scaring me and that I don't know how it's going to turn out and I don't know what it's going to look like. When I compare that to my values, I can see that's actually a really good step forward because I feel like it's a new um, era, you know, for me to figure out and a new opportunity for me to grow. So that almost solidified it for me. I was like, oh, duh. Like, yes, I can actually now see that I'm just feeling a little bit stagnant. And this could actually be a really invigorating opportunity for me as a, as a person and us as a couple. Totally. And you know what? It's funny. I pulled a quote from our past interview and I feel like this couldn't be even more aligned now, Caroline. You said, you know, when who I am aligns with what I do, I feel the most vibrant, which feels like really for, for both of you really at this point feels like that's where you're at. Yeah, that's literally all I'm ever trying to do is, is like tap back in and be like, who am I today? Who am I at this point in my life? How can I mold my actions to match up as closely as possible to who that person is to do things that are in alignment with who that person is? And that's when I feel happy, vibrant and all the good things. Yeah. So last year definitely was a bit of a, a wild year from from probably many perspectives uh, that I'd love to touch on in terms of just what you, what you went through, uh, both went through on a mental health standpoint. But just before jumping into that, why don't we set a little context, like what it really is like running online businesses like this, right? Because I feel like, you know, even as you joked in your your bio, you know, that you're walking around with robes and it's like people, <laughs> some people have a very interesting take on, on what this is, right? That you're gazing into the sun, you know, for for six hours, just reflecting and in, you know, as, as things are selling online, which, you know, there's probably aspects of that, but it's a hell of a lot of work, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I think what we've learned over the years, and I've been doing this now for 14 years and Caroline's been doing it for nine, nine years. Yeah. Is that it's just never going to be easy. And anybody who paints this picture that you're going to be able to just turn on the faucet of money and then swim in that for the rest of your life and then gaze <laughs> into the sun wearing your robe, it just doesn't work. And and I think there are very few people who find some magical moment, they create a thing, it solves a problem, people pay for it, and it just it just really works perfectly. And that is the mm -hmm. exception, not the rule. We, we talk about yeah. that very often. But for us, it has looked a lot like, okay, we have an idea, this idea solves a problem, we're excited about this idea, Let's build it. Let's build the smallest, best version we can with as least amount of spending as possible with just our resources that we have. And let's see how it goes. And that has been kind of the rinse and repeat over the years. And, and some of those ideas, like you said, like I sold my last name, I sold my future, you know, all these weird things. Um, you know, those are those are not really businesses. <laughs> those are just ideas <laughs> that can generate revenue and they can give people something of value on the other side, whether that's attention for their business or whether it's a suite of products or whatever. But I think what we really found with Wandering Aimfully that we knew we were going to get into, but I don't think we saw how difficult it was going to be, which is really trying to figure out like, what is the business model that people can wrap their heads around? Because it's very easy for us to go, well, yeah, you're just going to pay us some amount of money per month. We're going to give you a bunch of stuff, courses, workshops, and you know, information products. We have a couple software things. 
and a community and yeah, it's worth it. But for everyone else, they're going, well, yeah, but what is it? Like I need to quantify it in my brain. And I think that's probably been the hardest thing for us that we've tried to figure out over the past year and a half now that Wandering Aimfully has existed is what is it and how do we describe it to people? Yeah. And mm. how do we position it and how do we, um, we know that we have these amazing resources that are valuable for people. We have a thriving community, but it's how do we package those up and talk about it in, in a way that it matches up with a need that a person has. So that's been an interesting journey in figuring that out. And to your point about, you know, online business in general, every day it's solving a new problem and it's taking something that is completely intangible that's in your brain and making it a reality. And also when you're trying to do that, not just with yourself, but two people, you're compromising, you're bringing your different skill sets to the table. You are one thing that has been huge for us the past year is you're developing processes so that you're not reinventing the wheel every time. So it's, it's a lot. And I think, you know, the perspective we come to it from, from what I was going back to talking about the ethos of wandering infly is it's very easy to then let all of those problem solving and logistics and processes and marketing and all these things fill up every single second of your day. And that can easily lead to burnout or other mental health challenges, which I'm sure we'll get into. So for us, it's like, okay, how do you pull back the reins on that? How do you develop what balance is for yourself and boundaries and rules and, um, you know, knowing where those limits are, which has been another like sort of side journey is like, yes, we're figuring out the business this past year and a half, but we're also figuring out how we operate within the business so that we can still live a really good life. How do you manage just the ideas, right? Like both of you have, I think Carolyn, you mentioned it that, you know, there's needs that come up from, from your community and both of you have great communities and I and imagine there's no shortage of ideas, right? Like how do you actually process that and stay focused on, you know, okay, we're going to do this, this and that and like nothing else for the next whatever period of time, or, or maybe I'm just projecting, like maybe that's not no. how you, you function, but how, how huge, do you manage that? Yeah, that's actually been a huge um, area of growth for us this past year, because that, that has never been our problem ideas. Our problem yeah. has been um, how do we follow through on those ideas and not take on too much at one time? And so I would say the answer to that is has, number one is a lot more meetings like we're in constant communication. We meet every morning. We have a monthly meeting where we go over like intentions for the next month. We go over what we were able to accomplish the previous month. Um, and then in December, we actually, for the first time, really projected out the entire year. I mean, we always do like revenue projections, but this was like, here's what we're launching on in this month. Here's what we're creating on this month. Here's what we're planning three months beforehand, because we really wanted 2020 to be the year that we kind of felt ahead and felt more in control of the workload. And the mm. only way to do that was to plan more effectively. So we're like planning obsessed <laughs> now. And we're constantly asking ourselves, like, for example, we just had a, um, you know, things are ebbing and flowing, but we basically planned out our whole year. And then we just had a meeting this past weekend and said, Hey, this, you know, X idea seems like it's being like kind of raising to the surface to be a more thing that we should prioritize how does that affect X, Y, and Z that we had planned for fe February? And so we had to go back to the calendar, shift things around. Okay, we're going to move that to March. And now in February, we're going to focus on this other idea. And so we're constantly asking ourselves, what's the priority? And then how do we actually see that priority realized in like a real calendar situation so that we know it's going to get worked on? And then we just have to have put our blinders on and really be disciplined about not pursuing 
the you know 12 other things that are on the yeah topic. are you using yeah, certain tools to help with this um we are using some but one thing i was going to touch on too is in having all these ideas it's really important and again this is where i think with wandering aimfully we're trying to really go what is the business model of wandering aimfully and how does it generate revenue how does it provide value to people and how is that a consistent cycle that works and so any of these ideas we have what we have to go you know kind of go through is is this just something that's going to be exciting or is this something that's going to move us toward our enough goals yes. for our revenue? Mm. Because we can come up with all the exciting ideas and all the fun things to do, but if it's not actually moving us toward the goal, and that's not to say we're money obsessed, it's to say that we're smart about what we're trying to accomplish with the time that we have, because we're only two people, is to realize, is this going to move the needle forward or is this something we should put off later when we get to a better place where we can afford to do something that maybe is just kind of a fun idea that doesn't have anything attached to it. Yeah. And I think that's where so many online business owners either get stuck or, or fall behind on the things that they want to do is they see a shiny object. It's a great idea. It's a fun thing, but it actually doesn't contribute to the most important foundational part of their business, which is generating money on a consistent basis so they can continue to do the things that they do. And so we're just really trying to be discerning about those things. And, and one thing I will say process wise, so we, we, this, actually, I think for like past month or two, we've kind of come up with this process where any idea that we have, we will give it time to number one, just see if we want to continue to work on it. So say it like sits for a week and we don't talk about it. And then we come back to it, we go, okay, now let's actually write out everything this idea would take. Let's estimate the time each task will take. And then let's figure out, okay, what does it look like? So we'll do like a really quick wireframe. And then what's the T? Track. Track. So then we'll Tell kind of the track. So the acronym is <laughs> POOT, P-E-W-T. It's POOT. It's so POOT. with uh, every idea, we'll POOT it. <laughs> and That's so awesome. we'll P-E-W-T, we'll plan, we'll estimate the time for all the tasks associated, we'll wireframe it, and then we'll track the time as well to measure up to see if we were accurate. And we just started doing Smart. that actually, I think in December, and it's been working really well for us. Yeah, because we, we actually do the first three parts. So we do the P, the plan, the E, the estimate, the W, the wireframe, and then we don't do the T unless we actually put it to work. But we found that we have gone, oh, let's do this project and whatever, I don't know, just make something up. Um, and we we go through all that and we go, oh, this is gonna take an estimated like 22 hours. Do we have 22 hours right now that's worth spending for the goals that we have this month or this quarter or whatever? And a lot of times mm. the answer is no. So this idea was fun, it was exciting, it was something we like, but it just takes too much time based on all the other things that we have to do. So now we've planned it, we can come back to it and work on it whenever we want, but that process has really helped us to outline an idea fully, see it more clearly. And that's something else that we ran into working together is I'll have an idea or Caroline will have an idea and you already have all these answers in your head, yeah. but you can't mm. clearly articulate them to the other person without actually sitting down and laying everything out and going through every scenario. And there started to be some friction when we started to come up with these different ideas or these different things where it just seemed so simple, maybe in my mind. But as I was trying to explain it to Caroline, maybe she wasn't getting it or I wasn't clearly communicating it. And so this process has really helped us to just get all of that stuff like on paper, digital paper, but to go, okay, now we can look at everything. What questions do you have? What ideas do you have? How can we make this better? Maybe this isn't the right time to do this. Cool. We talked about it. It took 30 minutes and now we're not going to waste two weeks working on it because it's not worth doing right now. Yeah. I love it. It's, I think it's just a great way to disrupt the hype cycle. Yeah. Right. And it, cause it's so easy to get, you know, trapped in that. And I mean, I, I personally experienced it as well with Keo. I mean, we reached a ton of people and at one point I've talked about this a few times, but 
you know, you, you can easily get wrapped up in the hype and completely forget, well, like, is this actually a business or mm-hmm. does, to your point, does it contribute to the business and, and whatnot? So that's a great process. Yeah, it's been really helpful. And and honestly, we've seen, I especially have seen, because I've done like one-on-one coaching and consulting for years with people. And so many people have a good idea, but it's not a business idea. It's just an yeah. interesting idea. And then you can spend all this time, you can build up a huge following on social media, but if there's literally no money being made, and that was your intention, that this was a business idea, you're only going to get left with like a bunch of followers and you can't pay your bills. Like there's a constant joke of you can't pay your rent with a bunch of followers on social media. Like you can't just go into the bank and be like, okay, here I have 7,000 Instagram followers, 2,000 people on Facebook and 12,000 on Twitter. Rent is paid. See you next month. Does not work. And I think that that is just kind of the time that we live in where, you know, 20 years ago, even now you put up a brick and mortar business and if people are not walking in the door buying things from you, it's very clear that it is not a functioning business. And so that landscape has changed so much with online business that it's it's just murky. It's really hard to figure that out. Uh, and that's also what we're trying to do for our own business, but helping other people as well is to answer those questions, come up with those processes, share those things that we're doing so that people and can ask, understand as well. ask those questions and ask, you know, the hard question of directly to somebody like, okay, love it, love the enthusiasm, love the idea. Is this a business if that's what you're trying to create? So we like, we like kind of being that sounding board for other people as well. I love it. Well, and I think the other thing, and we've, we've kind of danced around this a bit, it's probably a good time to get into it, but I'd imagine this process also helps from your own mind's perspective, right? Like in terms of stopping yourself from overloading to your point, I think you said, you know, if we estimate this to be 22 hours and you didn't do that before, next thing you know, you're just piling on top and that Mm -hmm. just keeps happening and happening. Right. So Carolyn, why don't you share a little bit about, um, what you went through, uh, last year and and Jason obviously as as well, because you're, like I said, you're, you're going through it together. Yeah. Yeah. I'll kind of try and keep it short because, you know, I could talk for hours, but the, the backstory is anxiety is something that I have struggled with for years and probably even before it, you know, came into my awareness. But January of last year, 2019, I started feeling levels of anxiety that I have really never felt. And, you know, I thought, oh, maybe it's just a week. Maybe I'm just stressed out. This was actually on the back of um, the fall of the previous year of 2018. I had, I came down with shingles. And for anyone who doesn't know what that is, I, it's just basically the chicken pox virus like comes back. Um, it stays in your system. And when you are, have a low immune system or you're stressed or something like that, it kind of flares back up and it can be really painful. And it, stuck around for a long time with me. And so I just kind of felt like January, um, when this anxiety hit, I thought it was maybe just a residual from that and kind of healing from that and the toll that that took on my body. But, um, after a week or two of taking it easy at, you know, during work, it didn't go away and it only got worse. And, um, so basically it turned into a journey of about basically six or seven months of me trying to figure out where this deep, deep anxiety was coming from. Um, and I went to many, many doctors, many, you know, I, I was already in therapy, so I was doing a ton of therapy and really just trying to understand the root cause of all of this. But within that time, I mean, it was the hardest, like deepest hole I've ever been in in my life. And I couldn't contribute to, we had this business that we had just started the previous year and I couldn't contribute to it at all. I mean, I didn't work at all for six, six or seven months. And so Jason had to basically carry the team for all of that time, not only carry the team and, and kind of grow our business, which he did, he 
literally doubled our business last year in the hardest year of our life, which is incredible. And he deserves like many trophies, many trophies for that. But he also had to be this emotional support for me and what I was going through this really confusing, really scary, terrifying time in my life. And so it was definitely the hardest year that we've ever been through as individuals or as a couple, but um, thankfully did come out of it, did find some solutions that really worked for me and now just have so much more of a profound understanding for the consequences of not listening to your body and not listening to your own limits and not putting those boundaries in place. So um, it's something that I, I tell Jason, like there's, there's a, there's a relief that comes from knowing that my mental health is my number one priority behind, like the business comes second, the, like everything else comes second, because if I, if my mental health is not in check, I literally can't, can't function. function. Yeah. And yeah, it, you and, and, and the rest of the world. Absolutely. My, yeah, exactly. It jeopardizes my own just, uh, you know, existence. So it was a really one of those weird things that clarified our priorities a ton and it was awful, but very Mm -hmm. thankful to be on the other side of it now. How did you feel, Jason, going through? I mean, I can't imagine, you know, you you know, you're seeing your your business partner, your wife and going through something like that. It must have been terrifying. Well, the most terrifying part was that she just wouldn't get any work done. (laughs) So I just like every, no, I'm kidding. Uh, you had yeah, to call I mean, the HR was, department. I was like, come oh, on guys. Like we hired this, God. this Do amazing designer. Like I thought she was going to no. Uh, <laughs> I mean, when it, when Sh- Caroline came down with shingles in the fall of 2018, we were in the thick of working 12 to 16 hour days, trying to get wandering aimfully fully up, fully running. And weird it, how those things are yeah, in alignment. related. Yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. and I, I started to realize at that point, like this is not a good system that we're working within of spending all this time doing all these things. And clearly it's affecting Caroline. And, and I have the very, I guess, fortunate mental ability to not be affected by those things. So I've never had anxiety. I don't know what that feels like. And so seeing Caroline go through this process of shingles, which was incredibly debilitating, and then starting to go through anxiety in the beginning of 2019, it was really hard in the very beginning to understand why she wasn't just getting through it mm-hmm. because yeah. I just have no, I have no understanding of what that feels like. If, like if, if she had a broken leg, I could be like, okay, yeah, I had two knee surgeries. Like I know what it takes to get through that. Like that's a pain. You'll be fine in six to nine months. But this was one of those. that's like, I can't, no one can see what's mm-hmm. going on. No one can feel exactly what she's feeling. All I know is that she literally is waking up crying in the morning she can't get out of bed because she just feels dizzy. She just doesn't feel herself at all. She's starting to feel a little bit disconnected. And I just felt completely helpless. I felt like there was literally nothing I could do in the day to make this better. And that was the scariest part was not being able to just walk over and go, hey, you know, here's a couple of Advil. You'll feel better later today. And then you'll be fine in a couple months. It was, I don't know when you're ever going to feel better. I don't know how this is going to change. And I don't know where we go from here. And so in the beginning, it was really tough to navigate those thoughts. And, and then I just kind of, I tried to shift my perspective and I'm not saying it got easier because it was very difficult for Caroline every day, but it was also difficult for me every day to go, okay, what am I, what am I trying to get done today to help Caroline? And then how much time can I fit in to do some work stuff? And then how am I also making sure that I'm staying sane in this process as well? Because when you don't spend any time on your own mental health, you start to 
resent the other person. Mm -hmm. You start to resent your work. You start to fall mm -hmm. into maybe bad habits or, or doing things that you don't normally do. And so for me, I really had to kind of check myself quickly on those things and then bring them up to Caroline so that I could make sure she knew how I was feeling, even though I knew she was going through a lot and on her own uh, kind of journey. So yeah, it was tough. I mean, I, I don't think there, there were any moments in, in the beginning of 2019 where I thought, okay, this is, this is fine. We're going to get through this. It was more, wow, this might be our new normal forever. How are we going to figure this out? And luckily, Caroline just did so much work to get through it. And I just was there to try and make her laugh every day if possible to bring her, you know, coffee and other things. My taco barista. The taco barista whenever I could bring food. <laughs> Uh, you know, I just I tried to make it everything as lighthearted as possible and just be there for her and listen to her and and, and try and support her. And, and it was difficult, but that is all I could really do. Yeah. I mean, you know, first of all, thank you to you both for being so open and, and transparent and vulnerable, because I, I think it's so important because there's so many people, uh, myself included, that can relate to both sides of this this story right and it's, it's i think it's important to to talk about it especially in the context of like you literally just combine the businesses and people are yeah. seeing the results of this and from the outside it's like wow they're really they're killing it right like things are going well they've got this plan and it, but in the background it's you know there's a lot going on so i really really like you you two are both in my opinion, uh, an inspiration. And, and thank you for, for sharing that openly. Yeah, what I do want to ask, yeah, absolutely. What I, what I do want to ask getting into is staying in this topic, but like, so what are some of the things that you're doing now um, to really prioritize your, your mental health or your mental fitness or you and Jason, just even maybe going back to you when you mentioned making sure that you were focusing on yourself as well. Like what were some of the things that were working for you? Yeah, my list is a lot longer than Jason's. <laughs> but that's fine because I do want to just point out for anybody out there, like this is, a, it was a really important thing for us to go through last year of also realizing like Jason is wired the way that he is. I'm wired the way that I am. And I think for a long time, I inadvertently was comparing myself to him because he is a workhorse and he is so good at like compartmentalizing things. And like, he just, he's, he's wired differently. And I had this story built up in my head about being a sensitive person that that somehow made me weaker or, you know, not good enough or all these things. And like, I had to work through a lot of that deep seated stuff last year to finally arrive at a place where I go, Oh no, like, the, you know, it's going to cause me a tremendous amount of suffering if I just continue to basically take this part of that's so intrinsically tied to who I am as a person and try to deny it or say that it's that I'm broken or something's wrong with me for the rest of my life. That's only going to cause suffering. So I have to find a way to accept this about myself, to embrace it, to even celebrate it. And, um, you know, through a lot of therapy and through a lot of just introspection, I've come to the place where I see my sensitivity as a strength now. And I no longer compare the way that I, you know, see the world or experience the world in the same way that Jason does. And so I think that is what step number one is just kind of saying like, I have different limits than Jason and that's okay. Um, and, yeah. and also in just working together, that's a, a great thing for us to now realize as well. Um, because Jason too has this very real, 
picture of what happens when I pretend that I don't have limits. And so we always, whenever I'm like, even on the brink of working too much, like he's like, are you like, he's probably better at holding my boundaries than I am. He's like, <laughs> yeah. cause he does not want to go back to that place. He's like, are you good? Like, are you spending too much time on this? And I'm like, yeah, I need to not work on this tonight or whatever. Um, yeah. so that's just kind of an aside, but, uh, throughout the entire year, I really try, just tried a whole bunch of different things to find what worked for me for my mental health. So I'm saying like in the worst of it, I literally had a spreadsheet that I created for myself that had like 12 things. And every day since I wasn't working, my only job was to check off those 12 things. So it would be like meditate, journal, um, drink water, go for a walk. Uh, do I, I literally took an online course about anxiety recovery. So it'd be like, do your coursework. Um, it would be breathing exercises. If I say that it would be, you know, all these different checklists of things. And for a while there, my entire job was just to, to get up and do those things. And it made me feel a sense of purpose. Like I was working through this. And from that list, I actually developed what really worked for me. So now it's much shorter list, but it looks like prioritizing my art because that's a place where I can get into flow. Um, and that really helps my mental health a lot. It's journaling. It is, um, exercising on a regular basis. It's drinking a lot of water. I have a very specific set of, um, nutritional supplements that actually was, was really something that moved the needle a lot for me in my mental health. So that keeps me, keeps my kind of hormones in balance and, um, it just has been really helpful for me. So it's like, I have my little checklist that I do every day and it's been really, really helpful. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Um, I think from, from my side of things, I started to realize probably a month or so in that I was just in full-time caretaker mode. Mm -hmm. So it was like, every hour that I wasn't working, I was trying to help Caroline in some way. And then when I wasn't helping Caroline, I was not feeling guilty about doing things for myself, but just, just like kind of like hiding them away. Like I would like watch a movie on my laptop or I would do whatever. And I started to just realize, oh, this isn't good because now all of these things that I should be doing for myself, that's just normal for everyone to do for themselves. I'm, you know, kind of like doing them in secret a little bit. And and it wasn't anything bad. It was literally like watching a movie on iTunes. But I realized I needed to prioritize going to the gym because for me, going to the gym is a very like meditative release stress um, it's probably the only place where I feel like I'm like a guy's guy, you know, I get in there and I want to like lift heavy weights and move things around <laughs> because at the end of it, I do feel like I've just released a lot of things that I hold in because I'm not the type of person who expresses a lot of emotions. I don't share all of my feelings. And so that's a place for me where I do feel like I get kind of that mental release, if you will. Uh, and the other thing was trying to give myself permission to do things for myself. So like I would go to the, to the movie theater and and watch a movie by myself and indulge in popcorn and some peanut butter M&Ms and, and not sit yes. there the entire time worrying if Caroline was okay or if she needed me and going, yeah. you know what, for two hours, Caroline will be okay. Yeah. Because for two hours that I worked throughout the day that I didn't talk to her, she was okay. And so it was just those little moments where I gave myself permission to do some things for myself that really helped me. And then as we started to get back into Caroline doing work, as she kind of joked, I'm really trying to be careful about her boundaries. And I think even now as we're recording this, like we're so excited. We have the energy of the new year. We have new projects to work with, all these things. And I can see Caroline falling into the like late night working on stuff, you know, while she's watching. I even like literally just said that before we recorded. I was like, okay, not allowed to work on tea tree at night anymore because yeah. I had dreams <laughs> about Figma last night and that's yeah. not okay. And, and it's just, those are the things that, 
the patterns or the habits that you can get back into that can lead back into the anxiety or the or any of that stuff that you really have to try and break. And you have to know that about yourself. And so it's easy for me to know, you know, what things I need to stop doing, but it's hard to tell Caroline when I can see them and to have that honest conversation where she doesn't feel like I'm judging her or anything like that. But we both know that it's for her mental health and she knows it too. I think it's just helpful to talk it out. Yeah. And to turn that into a really like kind of tactical thing, um, which I know, you know, is part of sharing wisdom with people is like, we have become almost like just religious about our calendar now. Yeah. So going back to the kind of the poot exercise, <laughs> you know, knowing how long everything takes and also seeing on the calendar. Okay. You know, we'll say, all right, we're really trying to prioritize finishing the March curriculum by the end of this week. And if there's not that amount of time on the calendar, it's, we have to have a real conversation about going, okay, Jason, well, I can't finish this by Friday unless I work at night. And we know that working at night isn't good for me. So it has, we're going to have to push this back and, and give ourselves until the middle of next week to finish it. And so having this, this, you know, finite time in form, in the form of a calendar in front of us, where we can really see the accurate picture of what's going on and actually create those boundaries is, has been really helpful for us. What keeps coming up to me as I'm listening to you speak is just, you know, boundaries and, and self-awareness. It seems like the self-awareness, mm-hmm. um, really on both sides, right. And, and you as, as a, as a couple and partner just has massively increased having gone through, uh, the experience of, of 2019. Absolutely. Is there anything that you guys are excited to try when it comes to your health in 2020? For me, I can tell you immediately what it is because I just did it. Um, So our friend Jen sent me this link. Jen and I are kind of like the same person where we're interested in like different ways of eating or different ways of working out or whatever. And this is like our good friend couple that we have here in town. And so she sent me this link. She was like, I know you're going to appreciate this. And it's this this gut biome test, Mm -hmm. which is just like the nerdiest thing ever. So I checked it out. I put it on my Christmas list because my family refuses to not give me Christmas or us give us Christmas gifts. So I was like, all right, well, so Jace got a, so I got a, a poop test. For I got a, a poop test. <laughs> yeah. Is this, is this Viome? Uh, Viome. This yeah. is Viome. Yeah. 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 Have you done it? Yeah. My wife and I both did it actually, but please, oh. please explain. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'll skip the part of how you actually send the test in. I'll let people kind of fill in the blanks on how you do that because that doesn't need to be talked about here. But as much as I love poop humor and, and those things, you really um, do. It's I'm really excited because for the longest time, I have always talked to Caroline about, you know, what we eat and that our bodies are different and the way that we eat is different and how many cows we should eat. But it's really hard to know for you specifically what those things are that you should either avoid, prioritize or what have you. And so when this volume test kind of came about and also when it, the price dropped from $500 to now $120, uh, I was like, OK, yeah, I, this this is definitely something I want to try. I want to do because. I do know that for me, when I eat, and we eat a very, very clean diet by most people's uh, you know, standards, I sure. still feel bloated and I still don't sleep well some nights. And I still, throughout some days, don't have as much energy as I think I should. And so why is that? And it's got to be the things that I'm eating that my body just doesn't either digest well or you know doesn't give me the energy it should. So the way the biome works is they you send in your test sample and they they send you back basically your gut biome results where it tells you hey, here are the things that are your superfoods. So not just generic, quote unquote, superfoods, like, you know, you should eat blueberries. They're really good for you. Well, maybe you don't digest blueberries well, so you actually shouldn't eat them. They're not a superfood for you. 
And so I'm actually really excited because you're one step ahead of me. I'm just now tracking, like my my sample is now in lab processing. I can see it. <laughs> oh yeah, app, it might be there for a few weeks. <laughs> I know, yeah. So I know it's going to be there, but I, I've also watched a bunch of videos of people talking yeah. about their results and, and there's surprising things where they're like, you know, oh, I should eat more artichoke because it's actually like a superfood for me. And and so those are the things I'm really excited to find out so that I can tweak feeling better every single day by knowing exactly what to put in my body without having to sacrifice things that I like, but also knowing, hey, you know, like maybe my body doesn't process broccoli well. I don't know. That's just an example. Well, okay, then I'm going to know now if we're going to go somewhere, go out to dinner or whatever, and like we have a broccoli dish, which is very rare. Uh, but if we we'll do, take the broccoli. yeah, but <laughs> yeah, if we yeah. do, uh, I, I know that that does not agree with me. And so I can at least be armed with this information. So I think for me, that's one of the things I'm most excited about this year is um, I want to do this on the, the kind of workout side of this as well is like, what's the optimal workout for me, not for men, not for late thirties, men, not yeah. for six foot four tall men, but like, Jason Zook, what workout would benefit my body the most? And I don't know how to find that answer yet, but I think doing like the volume test is a really interesting step for me on like the nerdy figure out, you know, what is going on inside my body uh, and kind of move forward with there. So that, that's something I'm like really excited I'm about. I'm also curious, what, what did you find out from yours, Mark? Well, I was really, I mean, what I was impressed with, because we're, my wife and I, it sounds like we're, we're similar. We have a pretty at least what we thought, a pretty healthy diet. But it mm -hmm. turns out that, you know, both samples came back and there's, you know, there's conflicting things in there, right? Like mm. peppers, for example, or food or a vegetable I should avoid where it's a superfood for her. So it's been kind of interesting, right, to balance out, okay, well, how are we going to set this up? But I think the underlying you know, learning in this or that the value is just, okay, we, yeah, we're, we're different people. We're, mm -hmm. we're made up of different things and, and makeups and stuff like that. So let's figure something out together. And, and ideally we're doing, we're, we're obviously doing this for the same reason. We want to feel healthier and be healthier. And what I really like, I was really close to getting Naveen actually, Jane on the, on the podcast. I'll have to reach mm -hmm. out to him again. But what I love about what they're doing is that you know, not only are we all individually benefiting, but then all that information's going into their like AI algorithms and all that stuff. And it's just continually getting better and better in terms of predicting mm -hmm. um, these results, which is which is great. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I saw like a little notification popped up the other day that was like, hey, based on all the questionnaires you filled out, like it's very clear you don't have any chronic illnesses. So would you be interested in being part of a study that could help people who do because you're like the complete opposite? Of like the so we can oh, have neat. like kind of like control like data, control, if you will. Yeah. So I was I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I would love to like. I never yeah. thought I could help someone with chronic illness just by being someone who doesn't have chronic illness. Like that <laughs> yeah, seems really totally. counterintuitive, but it's exactly what you're saying. So yeah, I think that overall data set is, Happy is really to use, interesting. Use my data to like use help it. optimize the human species. No. Yeah. yeah, this is a good example of it for sure. Yeah, exactly. yeah they've done, and they, I think they recently too, because I went in into the app uh, not too long ago and they've like really done a, a good job with the tech and updated things. And it's, yeah. it's just really well done. And the one, the one thing that comes to mind when we're going, so we sent our samples in at the exact same time, but my wife got her results back probably literally like two, maybe even three weeks before me. So that was always a joke. Ooh. It's like, they've got an extra team on your, <laughs> on your vial. <laughs> Look out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've yeah. been the, so I mentioned my friend Jen who introduces. So now I've been sending her updates as I get them. And so we're just yeah. laughing over text because it's basically like, 
people are tracking my poop is, yeah. is all it is. So like, I just keep telling her like, okay, my poop is in the lab. And she just laughs hysterically. Cause she's like, literally like the Domino's a, tracker. What a weird time to be yeah. alive where like yeah. you could track this stuff. But anyway, totally. so what are the things, what are you working on this year? What am I working on this year? My answer is kind of basic, but I will say it's only basic because I've literally exhausted all my options, <laughs> tried everything. <laughs> um, but the one thing that I know kind of in my soul that would be beneficial to me that I have not been able to work into my schedule is yoga. Mm. And I not just like in home yoga, because we've done that before, but like go to a studio, like take in just the vibes of being in a group of people like that are tapping into themselves and moving their bodies. And I think it would be really, really helpful for me. My therapist actually told me uh, something that really got me thinking. And she was like, and this is going back to what I was saying about it's a little bit of a danger of spending 99% of your time with someone who is so different from you being Jason is that sometimes like if your partner is radically different than the way that you show up in the world, like you can start to feel like, again, there's something like wrong with you that, that you can't rise to his like level of productivity or his level of just readiness to like tackle the world or whatever. And so she's like, I think it would be helpful for you to seek out spaces where you can kind of be in the same energetic field of people that are like-minded and and like you and maybe more sensitive beings or maybe more intuitive beings so that you can remember that, you know, you can almost like normalize the way that you show up in the world. And I thought that was like something I had never thought of. Um, But it is something that I know is an issue for me, which is that I I do have this like kind of competitive nature. Jason was alluding to this before. If given the opportunity, I will push past my limits um, because I, I love working. I love what I do. But I need to almost have that refuge of people that are like me and sensitive like me. So I'm reminded, oh, it's okay to show up in the world in this way and kind of be reminded of that about myself. So I think going Love to it. a yoga studio by us would be really good. So that's something I'm going to try to put on my list list this year. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's some, so something I want to do this year is just, uh, I've been doing breath work, but kind of on my own and using uh, Wim Hof's app, but it's just like you, like to get into a group space and, and feel that energy and that vibe is, Mm -hmm. is really different. So I get that whole um, aspect. I do want to start wrapping up a bit and uh, obviously respect your time, but I cannot let you go um, without grabbing some journaling prompts. Um, As you know, as being guests uh, way back when this, this started, when the interview started, the, the, the key component to a lot of these interviews is really to help stimulate thought and reflection. Um, Whether you're journaling pen to paper or journaling at all, my whole goal is to just drop the definition of journaling and just let's just mm-hmm. call it thinking and reflection and questions help us do that. So I'd love to get some of your prompts that uh, circulate in your life. I wrote them down. As the more thoughtful person, I, I do think what's ironic about these is that these are both questions that we ask. Yeah, that's- it's just you wrote them down, so you're going to get credit for them. I know, that's where them. I'm going to get credit for them. <laughs> that's it. where they came from. This I- is also how we work together, Mark. So that's how we know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. Caroline gets credit, and I then she'll be happy. Yeah. I write everything down. Um, no, these are, I don't even know if they align with maybe things we've said in the past, but these are more questions that we use as a couple. So I don't know, but I still think sure. they're very much applicable Um to anyone who's doing individual reflection. But the first one is, and it's really for considering either a project or a decision or, you know, a step forward is, does this align with my values and my vision for the future? Mm. So it's just asking yourself, it's exactly what you're saying about projects is, does it align with my values? So 
you know, what am I about? And is this something that feels like it matches that what I care about? Um, a good example was, you know, combining businesses and knowing that value, that growth is a, a value of ours. So um, that would definitely pass that test. And then also our vision of the future. So like whatever we've set for ourselves as a goal this year or how we want our life to be is taking on this project um, going to get us closer to that or is it mm. going to take us off course? And one of the, the things J- that the Jason sold his future, how does that work? No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. we, we have no future. Yeah. Well, what's interesting about that is that, you know, we have this community of people who are, you know, a part of Wandering Gameplay. They purchased, whether it's Buyer Future or Wandering Gameplay or what, you know, our coaching. Yeah. And one of the things that we see very often is people have a hard time selling their ideas or their products or their things. And one of the things I really truly believe holds people back from selling is that what they are selling is not in alignment with their values. Yeah. So they have this mm-hmm. idea that they've seen other people sell well or that they've seen other people have success with. So they go, oh, I'm going to do that. But actually that thing and selling that thing doesn't really align with what they truly believe or what they feel really comfortable talking about. And so that's where people have a lot of hangups when it comes to running a business, promoting marketing and doing those things. So I think from a very practical standpoint, this question is extremely helpful. If you're someone who is stuck in a business or starting a business or thinking of something and you're like, yeah, but I don't know if I'm going to like selling that. To me, that's a red flag that you may not be in alignment with the thing that you are trying to put together. Mm -hmm. And so to really come back to, okay, well, what would be more in alignment? What would I more be okay with just trying to talk about all the time because I just love it and I know that I'm offering value to the world. Totally. So our next one, you might make sense after listening to this full conversation is how can we make this fun? (laughs) Totally. (laughs) You'll find with a lot of our our acronyms like POOT and uh, (laughs) Jason renamed the Alexa in my my art studio is now our office. So we both work from in here now and Jason renamed my Alexa to Carol's art studio. And yeah. so every time he'll just say, Alexa, what's the name of this device? And it makes us laugh. So we like poop humor <laughs> around here. We like, yeah. we, um, on our Monday morning meetings, we play like each of us, basically we play rotating DJ. So each of us picks like a throwback song to play. Um, we just try to bring fun and lightheartedness and excitement to every aspect of our life, really. Yeah. And that's why our current version of Wandering Aimfully is unboring business coaching right. because we don't want to just be another set of online coaches like that doesn't resonate with us at all but being unboring and being fun and, and being you know having jokes and all these weird metaphors having that we a talk weird storyline yeah that ties into our curriculum every month we do a live session we always have like a weird theme so last month we talked about content but it was in the context of your content salad um, there was a whole metaphor about salad. So anyway, that is just us. We like to yeah. bring fun to everything. Yeah. And, and I, one so, thing that I think, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say one thing that I think you'll appreciate, Mark, especially, you know, if you spend a lot of time with your significant other is as we work together, and I don't know if you work with your significant other, but you tend to find, hey, when are we taking time for us? And so what we mm. instituted, I think now a couple months ago was um, what we call classic movie night. Now classic is for people who are born in the 80s. So, you know, that's things like- <laughs> Yeah, people are like, is it Casablanca? Yeah, and we're like, I'm like, no, no, yeah. no, it's like- It's Dumb and it's Dumber, Terminator. it's Con Air. <laughs> like it, it's it's all these movies that we watched as as kids and, and totally. teens and whatever that, that we want to watch. So we, we watch two movies every Saturday night. We huddle up on the couch, we have dinner, we make popcorn or some type of delicious snack. And it's our time to like, we were in the beginning, we were going to share it because it's really fun to share. Like, here's the movies, here's our feedback. And then we started to go, no, now we're turning this into a thing. And instead, we just want to sit together and laugh and talk and look up all the IMDb trivia and just be together for like six hours uninterrupted. 
And it is really helpful, I think, for us to have that thing every single week that we is a non-negotiable that we sit down and do together. And it's just been super fun. It's been one of the, I think the best things we've done for our relationship. Yeah. To connect over something that isn't business, because if left to our own devices, we will talk about business at every meal in every, at every walk, like all of our time together because we love it. But this is a time where we can connect over something that outweighs our passion for business, which is our passion for movies <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. oftentimes bad movies. Yes. But so important. So important. Yes. That's, that's a great yeah. one. Yeah. All right. Last question. And then the last one, which is probably the biggest overarching one is what does enough look like? And Ooh. we ask ourselves this all the time in the, con the biggest context is, is money. So what would it look like to make enough money with this business that we're running? We don't want to just keep growing it until it just grows and grows and grows because then we have to grow our team and we grow the stress and we grow the sacrifices we have to make. We want to set what is the dollar amount every month that would be enough money for us to live the lifestyle that we envision for ourselves. And so we work towards that number and we don't plan on working beyond that number. Um, and then out of the context of money, like just that idea of setting boundaries, going back to what we talked about um, all throughout this conversation, but what does working enough hours look like? What does uh, posting on social media enough look like for you? So it's like always just asking yourself, what is that upper limit that you can set so that you're not trying to fit more and more and more and more into your day, into your life? Um, and so really setting those boundaries. I have to say, oh, sorry, go ahead, Jason. Oh, no, go ahead. Go with your have to say, because that's well, you know, I've been left with hundreds of questions over the last three years or so. And I, that this is super, super impactful, I think could change so many different scenarios and eliminate the chances of, of spiraling out of control with just this question. So, I, you know, I just want to thank you for leaving this one. Yeah. yeah. And, and if it's you, I was going to give a little shameless plug. We, we actually have kind of a practical exercise at wanderingaimfully.com slash working where you okay. can go through and, and set up what we start with, which is your monthly minimum magic number. That's your mm number. Again, we like our fun acronyms around here. And then you can build up to what your enough number would look like. And for so many people, they're only at their mm number. And, and we were there, we've been there. It's kind of a cycle of life that sometimes things work and sometimes they don't. And so you have to kind of define what that is, but it's really about defining it for you. Yeah. And so that whole article um, walks people through the practical exercises that we do for this. And like Caroline said, this really does touch on so many different things in our lives and in our businesses. And, and I think for me, many years ago, when this idea kind of like popped in my head, I was sitting at a table with a bunch of other entrepreneurs and they're all trying to grow their teams, grow their revenue, you know, hit this million dollar mark in their business. And I'm just sitting there looking at everybody going, this does not resonate with me. I don't care about any of these things. I want to be able to go to the beach every single day. I want to be able to go watch movies whenever we want. I want to be able to, you know, start our day at 11 a.m. and end our day at 11.30 a.m. You know, whatever that means. Yeah. I don't want to be beholden to these goals and these things just because that's kind of what society props up as success. It doesn't really mean success to me and to us. And, and so I do think this enough mindset, this enough idea um, is really important to us. And, and we do love that other people are talking about it. Our good friend, Paul Jarvis is talking about it now. I was now. just going to mention him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's, it's fun how we've kind of seen it permeate some of the kind of mindful entrepreneur space. Yeah. And I think also what's important to note about the idea of setting your enough is that I've thought about it a lot over the years in terms of 
satisfaction and contentment. Because if you never identify what that upper limit is going to be, then you're always going to be searching for it. And you're always going to be feeling like you don't have it. Like you're like, okay, I'll be happy when I get to this number of revenue number. I'll be happy when I move into a house that has five bedrooms. Okay. Now six bedrooms, like whatever the, it keeps, you keep moving the goalpost. But when you say this is enough for me to live a great life, you also know that you'll be able to recognize it when you have it. And that means that you'll be able to feel contentment. You'll be able to feel satisfaction rather than this endless kind of lacking, um, which I think is what happens when you don't set that. I mean, this is why I'm saying it's it's probably one of the most significant questions left uh, on the show because I, I just really do think there's so many ways you can apply this to life. So I will uh, definitely link to... Um, the slash working um, exerciser article that that you mentioned, Jason, and I, you know, everyone listening, I have to say, I mean, this is this is coming from the heart. Like, I'm subscribed to your to your emails. I've purchased courses in in the past, and it, there's just there's something so different, and I think you can f- you can feel it just through the conversation we're having now. Everything's co- coming from you guys is fun. It's like no bullshit. It's it's not the standard thing that everyone's talking about, um, like perfect point, right? It's okay. We'd even touch on growing slow in 2020, but I mean, I'd mm-hmm. highly recommend people take a look at that, but just things that make sense, right? And and doing so in a way that, to your point, is, is fun. So I'll make sure to link to all of that. But if there's anything else, let me know um, where you want people to follow along. Just um, shoot that out now. Yeah, I mean, I think wanderingaimfully.com is probably the easiest. And then we're on the gram at Wandering yeah. Aimfully, although it's more Caroline on the gram and me just posing of, for my picture. No, yeah, just, just yeah, <laughs> being the, the model uh, for some photos. But uh, yeah, just the website, uh, Instagram, if people want to connect there. And um, we're going to bring our podcast back around at some point. But that's like a perfect example. We went through and we're like, should we do this now? Nope, it doesn't make sense. Like it does not fit with all the objectives that we have. And as much as we love doing a podcast and we love that connection with people, it doesn't fit with what we're trying to do. And it's going to only add more work to our plate and stress us out and all these things. So um, yeah, the website and Instagram is the best place. Awesome. And I just want to say huge thanks to you both for again, taking some time to have this part two chat and doing it together and thanking you for making movie night Saturday a Mm non-negotiable because that means that you guys are rocking the relationship and the, the work and all of that. And we're all benefiting for that. So thank you. Thank you so much for having us and for just facilitating a authentic and interesting conversation. We 